This is the Ag Queen Podcast. This podcast explores the agriculture industry with the movers and shakers of those shaping it. Here's your host, Lori Boyer. Today's show is being brought to you by Corteva. Corteva AgriScience provides cutting-edge solutions for farmers worldwide. Learn more at Corteva.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we believe that when we work together, we grow together. We believe innovative agriculture solutions are found in the lab and in the field, applying real insights from farmers with our global R&D knowledge to create a strong suite of innovations across seed and crop protection. We believe in constantly challenging ourselves on how to bring all of our solutions together, giving farmers the tools to address today's needs and tomorrow's challenges. We believe in what we do because we believe in what farmers do, and together we thrive. Corteva AgriScience. Keep growing. Welcome to the show here today. I'm joined by John Wakanda. He is the Nature Conservancy New Mexico Indigenous Partnership Program Director That's a lot. We're going to be talking here today about virtual fencing, but John, I want to learn a little bit more about you and this title, like uh, the things that you do in your role. So first off, just kind of introduce us to you, if you will, give us a little information on your background. Sure. Good morning, everybody. Uh, My name is John Wakanda, as Lori said. I am from the Pueblo of Asleta, which is a tribal community south of Albuquerque, New Mexico, right within the uh, Rio Grande Valley. Um, that's where my family and my uh, descendants and ancestors, we all originate from the place where I live. And I'm happy and blessed to be a farmer, rancher um, with uh, with my family and uh, loving that. I'm uh, semi-retired, I guess, uh, from retired from the federal government, uh, working most recently with the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Um, I work for the Nature Conservancy in New Mexico. I am the Indigenous Partnerships Program Director. Um, been in the position for about two years after retirement. Um, and I have the great opportunity to uh, introduce conservation projects um, originating from an NGO through private funding donations. Um, made possible through our organization to tribes uh, here in New Mexico and across the country related to many different resource management um, uh, areas, um, agriculture, forestry, fire, uh, water conservation, uh, doing some buffalo restoration work, um, just get to do all kinds of interesting projects and align Native American tribes to these opportunities. And I think we'll talk about one of those today. Yes. Thank you very much. That's good information for sure. And the one you're referring to is virtual fencing. Can you define what that is first off? Uh, Virtual fencing is using some of the most recent technologies um, that are used to manage uh, up to now mostly dogs and and being able to uh, confine or restrict uh, dogs or pets into a defined area. We're using that for cattle um, and also trying a little bit on buffalo to see about the ability to manage livestock uh, cattle 
using a transmitter and a receiver. The transmitter is placed on a higher elevation, uh, similar to a cell phone transmitter. And the receiver is a collar that's placed on the cow, which receives a signal. Um, and the rancher has defined uh, boundaries within a uh, application uh, that is uh, used to define boundaries using geographic information system, GIS, and map out areas that uh, a farmer rancher would like their cattle to be confined to or have them stay out of areas. Also, it's very handy in tracking your animals. You get real-time ability to see uh, where your livestock are located within your grazing units. On the project that you are managing there, when did is it when did it start and how long does it go? Okay, we've been planning this project with the Pueblo of Jemez, which is a um, Native American community in north central, no, excuse me, west central New Mexico. Um, we've been planning this project for about a year. It's it's very interesting and unique in that we're coloring cattle on communal grazing lands of the tribe. So it's it's a communal grazing area with several livestock owners who are tribal members, have various numbers of, of their own uh, cattle on the, on the grazing units. And so we've been communicating, talking to uh, not only our tribal program manager, but also um, livestock owners about the system getting their support to participate in the uh, demonstration project and then align the funding um, to be able to um, go so far as today having uh, over 400 head collared and um, hoping to test the system. Um, and so that's where we're at right now. So in about a year planning, uh, this spring is uh, when we collared the cows when, or when they collared them uh, during their usual spring roundup um, where they uh, go through the cows and do all the normal uh, rancher uh, uh, tasks um, and uh, collars were placed on the cows and um, we're, we're having very success with it. It's a new system and of course with all new systems there are some challenges. Then, John, what is your role with the Nature Conservancy District in this program and in this research? Um, I align the Pueblo to the opportunity of the project because the Nature Conservancy uh, is involved in these trial projects in Colorado, um, Nebraska, Kansas. And so the donor um, was very interested in implementing this um, within an indigenous community, an underserved community. And so the outreach was made to me through uh, internal TNC communication to identify a potential project location here in New Mexico. And so um, I've aligned both the local Pueblo with the Nature Conservancy, who is working with the, the donor, the grantor, to be able to uh, administer the project. Um, so it's communication, connection, uh, making sure all the uh, supplied materials, uh, manpower arrangements. I have 
tremendous help in the Nature Conservancy, who is very interested in this project and um, have done a lot of the work in terms of delivery of the uh, collars themselves, training, uh, the installation of the transmitter units, all those had to have arrangements, schedules, timings, access to the grazing units, um, and then certainly the, the training and technical support. We're also assisting in the tribe in gathering monitoring data, rangeland, uh, rangeland data. So we also have employed through a partner, uh, another partner, the um, um, Indian Nations Conservation Alliance organization uh, to help um, employ summer youth to go out and collect range data that will be used in the monitoring process. I see. Okay. Can you talk to me a little bit about some of the findings so far, John? What are some of the things um, that you have um, found with it? We've learned from the project about certainly the the appropriate or right locations to locate the transmitting units because of geography, geography, topography, um, identifying areas in which the uh, livestock owners would like to see the uh, system certainly um, be focused on, whether it's exclusion of areas that fencing uh, traditional barbed wire fencing may be uh, lacking or need help with. So it's it's um, identifying areas on the ground um, that a rancher would typically want his cattle either kept away from or concentrated in due to uh, grass conditions. Um, today, excuse me, uh, this season, this summer, um, as many of you out there who are in New Mexico or Southwest, the weather has been very dry and hot and it's created challenges in terms of animal control because of depleted grass, uh, water supplies um, that typically or normally would not, uh, would have water that are not, um, um, water sources this year because of the dry conditions. Those all pose challenges in managing cattle. Um, and so um, we're learning uh, how the system may help in terms of uh, herd management. Um, we're learning of the uh, range conditions, certainly. We're learning about the installation and the effectiveness of the collar system. Um, um, there are some concerns about its battery. That there are batteries in the individual units that are subject to weather conditions, hot, dry, wet, cold. All those conditions affect batteries, like uh, like batteries normally respond to in, in environmental conditions. So we're learning about the system here in New Mexico in our arid climate, um, and. Um, a lot of it is also learning by the user themselves about the software, about the program, the technical abilities of it, um, its ability to be able to use the software and, and the program itself on handheld devices, tablets, cell phones, or uh, laptops. And so it's, it's a learning experience um, all the way from 
you know, how to put the, the collars together, put them on the cows, secure them, maintenance uh, of the system itself, and, and basically how to, how to use it, how, how, how a rancher may find this virtual system a tool or an asset just like uh, a horse or just like a ATV or just like a um, um, hired hand. You know, you use all those tools. This is just another tool for livestock management. Any idea how long a collar lasts? Yeah, the lifetime of the collar, the system itself, it's, it's a square rectangular unit that is chained to the cow um, and secured. The unit itself has a lifetime of several years. It's the battery within the unit that has to be changed. Um, usually annually, we're finding out that some batteries they may not even last that long without uh, needing to be replaced sooner. Um, so, you know, we're, we're testing the system. It's a new technology and the, um, the system owner and the, the vendor um, of the technology is hoping to use um, our projects as um, ways in which to improve the, the technology and the unit system itself. What is the price point for these? Um, they average from different prices. Uh, right now, our units are running somewhere in the uh, area of about $800 per cow. That's for the system. That's for the subscription to the service. You subscribe to the service just like you would do a, a cell phone uh, um, um, ability on, on to use your cell phone. It's a subscription to a service. You must have known because that's where I was going to ask next. And then in addition to the companies that are manufacturing and selling the collars and, of course, uh, producers or cattle owners, who else has access to the data or who else would want access to the data? The, the system owner, um, the purchaser, has the ability to allow others to share the, the data um, and the data resides in the system in, in many ways. It could be uh, a historical, um, say, data on where your cattle were located within the last month. Where are they concentrating to? Where are they going at night? Where are they going in the day? Be able to track all those locations. Um, you're also able to certainly see how well the system is working in terms of keeping cows or cattle out of areas you don't want them to. You can see them on the map. It'll tell you which cow actually or which unit is the one that maybe is more uh, prone to not responding to the to the calls of the system. It's It's a shock. It's a vibration, small electrical shock, and then an, also an audio signal about uh, uh, when when the cow is going into an area where it's not supposed to be, um, and it's it's a learning it's a learning behavior that that animals are are adapting to. So the system and data can tell you the effectiveness effectiveness of it. It can also tell you when uh, a unit has gone offline, maybe a battery problem or something like that. Um, it'll show you the, the unit that's not responding. But your question about access, it's all controllable. It's, it's certainly secure and controllable um, by 
the system user itself and the vendor who certainly um, has the responsibility of um, running the application through their servers and their network system. Okay. And then, so if I'm understanding you right, you if you want to move the cattle to a different parcel or a different area, you would literally turn off that invisible line and turn one on in another area and those cattle will learn to move over. Exactly. You could do that. You shut the system off, move the cows uh, manually or traditionally how a, a rancher moves livestock um, and then have your units already created um, to the new pasture or to the new grazing area and then turn the system on. Um, you know, we're finding out or trying to determine, you know, what is the learning process on new units and how fast and how effective is it? Um, are there certain cattle or areas in where uh, grazing is um, done that are more successful in, in a system use? Certainly, you know, we all know as ranchers and producers, grass and water are crucial elements and you have to use the system that complements your water locations, grass locations. You know, you're not, you, you cannot try and push a cow to an area or keep them out of an area where they normally are prone to be, especially in, you know, like dry conditions like now where, where there, there is limited grass supply or water supply. Um, you got to use a system that complements uh, those aspects of your grazing unit. Okay. John, what else would you like to mention that I haven't asked about? Um, you know, we're trying new applications or use of the system on Buffalo. Um, you know, that might be something that evolves in the future. There's a lot of studies uh, going on in universities, and, and we do have some uh, partners who are uh, in academics, various um, universities are partnering in this demonstration uh, pilot to study animal behavior, to study um, the, uh, the influence of the electronic device um, in terms of animal health, um, anything that relates to um, the use and uh, acceptability, I guess, of the system by the by the livestock and the cattle. Uh, I understand that, um, you know, other countries are using these systems probably more so uh, because of certain factors. Um, and I, I really think that um, this could become um, evolutionary in terms of, at least for me as a producer, the value of tracking your animals, knowing you know, a rancher may be interested in just the tracking ability of the system like I am, um, knowing where your cattle are at, um, knowing where they're going to, where are they grazing and in, in the in the conditions, being able to see that from your home um, without going out and, and um, having to do that manually. Um, you know, we certainly recognize the historic traditional practices of ranching you know this is just another tool um, just like we have uses of other technologies in the ranching industry this is just another one that that i think can be and could be very helpful 
we're very happy in the Nature, Conser Nature Conservancy to also uh, connect this to uh, ecosystem health. Um, you know, looking at using the technology in terms of moving your cattle um, in, to address um, ecosystem health, grazing land conditions, uh, being able to even apply it in terms of um, carbon sequestration, uh, being able to determine where grazing units uh, are uh, established for carbon sequestration purposes and how the system may be used to either use cattle as a grazing tool, the timing of, of the grazing, being able to move them uh, more um, uh, frequently or easier um, if the situation um, requires that. Not to mention just saving on labor and, and backache labor of actually putting up a physical fence and, yes. and supplies for that matter. Right. Yeah. There are, there are interior fencing um, um, practices that may be eliminated or reduced. Certainly, you know, I, I think exterior fencing, especially along highways, roads, all those things that will normally always require hard wire, barbed wire, or or physical fencing, those needs would, would practically always need to be there. But in terms of interior fencing, this might be a use and application that saves money. Um, those are that's some of the information we're hoping to gather and have produce in user guides. That's something that Nature Conservancy is also doing in this project is, is uh, producing a user guide, uh, much more than a than the technology a company themselves are able to, to develop. It's sort of a rancher user guide that someone might be able to pick up if, if they'd like to think about adopting the system. Once again, thank you to my guest, John Wakanda, Nature Conservancy, New Mexico, Indigenous Partnership Program Director. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Ag Queen Podcast with your host, Lori Boyer.